God is doing great things in the year of abundance. Great things in the year of abundance. I mean, we've seen testimony after testimony of how God is moving or how God is providing or how God is opening the doors. We have one motto in this church, and it's be bold and be courageous. We have to be bold enough and courageous enough to believe in the presence and believe in the things that God has promised of your life. And if we are promised and we are keep saying that this is the year of abundance, that we must believe it for God to be able to give it to us and walk in the same path as he does. Amen? Amen. So today I'm, I'm thankful and I'm grateful for you guys are here. I know some of them have excused themselves because are sick, but the gospel has, been, has to continue on and it has to be preached to everybody. So this is going to be week four, week four of a series we're calling, what is it? What is it? Say it again. Abundance. So we are believing in God for abundance. So join with me and go to uh, John, 3 John chapter 1. 3 John chapter 1. If you don't have it, we're going to have it up here for you. 3 John chapter 1 verse 2. 3 John chapter 1 verse 2. When you have it, say amen. We're going to stand up. When you're ready, 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. Amen. Everybody got it? I'm waiting for a few. Amen. 3 John chapter 1, 2 says this. Dear friends, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. I'm going to read that one more time. Because I want you to get that. Dear friend, this is John talking to his friend. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. Father, I give you thanks today for the preaching the word that we're about to sow into your people. I believe that this soul will grow and multiply within them, Father God, if they believe the message that you're giving, Father God. I ask you, Father God, to free their minds and their, and their eyes and their ears so they're able to understand what you're trying to show your people. Guide me, Father God. Let you speak through me, Father God. Let them feel you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Everybody says, amen, amen. You may be seated. Have you guys, I don't know how many here have heard the show Breaking Bad. How many here show, have, have heard that show, Breaking Bad? One person. Um, well, this isn't it because my title today is called Breaking Bad. But this is not, we're not about to do what the show is doing. We're not about to be cooking nothing. We're not about to be selling nothing. All I'm about to give you is the word of God. Amen. But my message today, if you have, when you come to church, I want you to be ready to write down your notes because it's not only what you hear here in this house, it's what you get out of it when you go to your house. So in the moments of, of, of trials and tribulation, you pull up your phone, you pull up your nose, and you start writing. I remember this, and I need to do this. So if you have your, your writing utensil of your phone, I want you to start writing. I want you to start writing. This preaching is called Breaking Bad. And the and the the chapter the the verse third John chapter one verse two. Again, this is not about the show, but I promise you that by the end of this preaching, you'll be breaking bad. What I mean, what did you mean by that? It means that 
that you yourself will be breaking to a point where God can teach you and reach where you're at. And I want to start by this. I want to start for you understanding that everything in this planet, everything in this planet is sustained or it's holding it together by something. Something it's holding this planet together. And some of you right now are like, yeah, pastor, these, these pants are holding it together. All of it. Oh, my, uh, this pants are holding. That's right. This pants are holding it all together. But these, uh, if we go more, this chair cannot sustain me if it doesn't have four legs. Something needs something to support it. This, this podium cannot support this iPad if it doesn't have a strong base. So what I'm saying is, if everything needs to support, to get it together, then I don't understand how come there are some Christians who are living life without prayer. Because prayer is the thing that holds your life together. Prayer is the strong base that keeps you going. Because prayer is the connection that makes you pray to the Almighty who created everything, who knows your past and who knows your future. So you cannot be walking in your life in victory if you don't have prayer with you. You cannot be saying it's a year of abundance if you have not prayed there yet. And what I'm trying to tell you is because some people out there are like, yeah, it's the year of abundance, and we got the, the, the shirt, and we're all hyped up. But when is the last time you talked to God? Some of you, the last time you talked to God was last Thanksgiving. And we're like, Father God, Jesus, I pray for this meat. I pray for this abundance of meat, Jesus. I pray for this rice. I pray for this turkey and the pernil. Hallelujah. Father God. No, have you have you have you been in that prayer? Have you been in that Thanksgiving and you got that one super spiritual person that prays for like about 10 minutes or even 20 minutes and you're just like, "Yo, I just want to eat this food. Can you just bless the food?" Like they're just sitting there like, "Father God, I thank you for the birds in the sky." And you're like, "What is that to do with the food?" Father God, I pray Jesus that I am thankful and, and sanctified and holy. And I'm like, I get it. I just want to eat the food. But that's, that's, that's how we are. We get together, and in the most important times of our life, we pray. But we cannot daily have our victory if we don't daily come before God. And that's what I'm trying to let you understand, because you need to know who woke you up this morning. Who let your heart keep beating one more time? It is the God who keeps the stars up in the sky by the power of his word that keeps you going and going and going. And last Friday, this Friday that passed was amazing. I think we had a fantastic time. And because we had a good time, the devil tried our life. The devil tried our life in our worship. The mics went out. The whole mess happened. But it's good to know that in your trial, you must keep going. In your desert, in your opposition, that is the time when you anchor down and you say, no, 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 I'm going to break through. Breakthrough is not just waiting for somebody to break through your wall. Breakthrough is I'm going to do what I, I have to punch through it. I have to get a hammer. It doesn't matter how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to get through this mountain. I'm going to get through this situation. It is believing that you will conquer because the word says that you are an overcomer. So if the word has declared that you will overcome, 
overcome, then you need to start thinking as an overcomer. And the mentality that we have is that when things go bad, is that I don't feel right, I'm not good enough, it's not going to happen, this is the end. But you need to flip it. There's something that we call in the, in the, in the, young, in the men's lay, like you need to flip it, you need to flip the script. Because the problem is that sometimes we believe better than negative things in our life than the word of God that has spoken of us. So if, you're, if God says you're an overcomer, you need to start thinking of overcomer. But it's easier for us to sit and just, just wallow in our misery, to start thinking the negative stuff. And I loved it that that Friday when we were all, you know, trying to worship, when we were pushing through, I love to see people who came up to the altar here and started worshiping God. Because those people, are, I can see that it doesn't matter what the circumstances that they're going through. I am going to praise God whether there's music or whether there's not music. Whether I have money or whether I don't have money. Whether I'm hungry or I'm full, I am going to praise God because they are hungry for something else. And we must stay hungry, my friends. We have to stay hungry of his presence. We have to stay hungry for his word. So if there is no hungry... If there's no hunger, if you don't go for it, then you must sit there and starve to death. And that's the problem with so many Christians, that when the situation comes, instead of going into prayer, they rather starve and go through the storm sitting down instead of standing up and saying, I am a child of God. I am a woman of God. I am adopted. I am anointed. I am, I'm given power by the name of Jesus. You need to flip the script. You need to understand that you have been called to be the head and not the tail. Come on, I'm telling you that you need to speak life on the things that are dead it is not done yet if God woke you up this morning it's because there's a purpose for your life it's because the end is not I'm telling you you need to start telling yourself this is not the end if you are still breathing if you are still have a pulse God has a plan for you if there is still life in you it is not the end and I love it because those people who were here, they were saying, I am not satisfied by staying at the shore of God's presence. I want to go in deeper into God's presence. I want more of God. And they don't care. Again, they don't care if there's music. They don't care if there's lyrics. All I care about, they care about being in the presence of God. Because that in that moment is where everything gets solved. It's where everything gets fixed. Because even if you don't, like, like the song says, even if you don't see him, he's already working. Just because you don't feel him doesn't mean he's not there. Just because you don't see him doesn't mean he's not real. And we need to think like that. We need to think that even though I don't have, I have. In the preaching that I, I preached the second Sunday, I said you have to see your victory before you can seize your victory. And so many people have been proclaiming the year of abundance that when they go to their jobs, they're saying that their boss is saying, what, what is it that you want? How, how is it that my God is beginning to speak to the heart of others saying, I need you to show favor to that person right there because I have a promise for that person because that person believes me. And so when you walk in into your job, into your boss, and he says, what is it that you want? And you say, you know what? And I love it. I love what Ashley Ann said. You know, I don't know if it's going to work. And she stopped herself because you need to believe in the victory. 
The devil try to confuse you and try to be like, you're not going to get it. Be careful we're speaking bold, but I love it because God is a roaring lion. God is just in a shame. Hey, hey, the lion, I'm telling you, mm -mm. my God is not a little scared cat. My lion is the king of the jungle. In his roar, by his name, every knee shall bow, every sickness shall leave, every broken chain will be broken. Anything you say under his name, it has to have. Demons shall flee. People shall be cured just because of the name of Jesus. And I love it because she came over there and she caught herself. She said, no, I'm not going to speak like that. Wildfire Church is to be bold and courageous. So she says, I want the weekends off. I want Saturday and Sundays off. And I love it because God was saying, you already got the victory. She spoke it. She went into agreement. She was like, I'm going to believe what God said, even if I don't see it, because I don't see my boss Monday. I didn't see him on Tuesday. I don't know what's going on. He looked at me funny when I said what he wanted. But when I spoke in agreement with God, God began to open a door and say, now I can work because you believe me first. It's not about, it's not about seeing it and then believe it. The word says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe because you will receive the victory when you believe it first. And I love it again because she was like, you know what? I cut myself. She said, I want the weekend stuff. And he said, okay, that's fine. You can, you, you not only have Saturday and Sunday, you can have Friday, Saturday and Sunday because God has said, I'm not just going to bless you. I, it's the year of abundance. It's going to overflow. It's going to keep opening the, I'm not going to, I'm not a little God I am a big God and I'm gonna make all things happen because you believed in me because you believed in my word because you believe because you prayed because you spent time so John was saying to his friend he was saying hey what you are experiencing in the outside the abundance that you're seeing in the outside, it's just a reflection of what's happening on the inside. It's just a reflection because as your soul begins to prosper, so is everything around you begin to change into a way that comes into your favor. So if you need to write something down, write this down. The outside is just a reflection reflection of the good that is happening in the inside again i'm gonna i'm gonna say it one more time for you those who are writing the outside the circumstance the atmosphere where you're at is just reflecting the good that is happening in the inside so if your soul prospers, if your soul is growing in God, if your soul is connecting with God, everything around you will start to be better. Everything around you will start to change. My brother Fox was saying, I begin in this church and even my family is being touched. His family hasn't been here, but my mom passed the test. But my dad started to speak to me. But my sister started to speak to me. But my family, the abundance is not for you. You are affecting the outside so the unseen it is changing the scene and that's what my God is all about a God that nobody can see that affects the things that we see today so again I tell you if you want to have the year of abundance then the inside man must change so the outside could be able to reflect that and some of you might be like yeah bro I don't have time to pray Bro, I, I don't got time to spend time. I don't have to spend time with you. I don't, I don't got time. And you may not have time to pray, but you sure got time to spend with your boo at home. 
you sure got time to spend with your husband at home. And you say, oh, Pastor Marjorie, happy wife, happy life. You know, I got to keep my wifey good. Like, if not, I'm not going to sleep. And, and it's okay. You mean to tell me that you'd rather sacrifice sleep, time, and all this stuff to make your wife happy, but the God who spoke life over you, you don't have time to pray for two seconds. The God who woke you up this morning, you ain't got time for that. So you got time to spend for the things that are seen, but when it comes to the thing unseen, you, you don't got time for that. You don't got that time management. You don't have your priorities right. And the problem is if you keep satisfying the things that you see, soon enough those resources will go depleted. It will, it, it'll go away. The resources that you see will go away. But the inside, the unlimited power that God provides, it's something that it cannot be finished. It is on. It is unlimited power. So if you tap down into the unseen, the power of God, the rivers that will flow continually will never stop. Jesus, that's my God was saying to that. Listen, this woman at the well was, was drying water because she was thirsty thirsty she was a woman who had five husbands jesus sat next to the well he was sitting down because he, he wanted to speak he had an appointment with somebody right and he sat at the well he sat at the well of samaria and there was a woman who was coming to draw water and while he was sitting he told her hey i need you to draw water for me and he looked at him and he said aren't you jewish like my people and your people do not mix together and he said, woman, if only you knew who you were talking to. If you only knew who I was, you wouldn't have to draw from this water again. Because what I'm about to give you is eternal. You will not thirst again. You will not get tired again. You will not get hungry again because I will satisfy all you need. And she basically said, what are you talking about? Uh, and she was like, what, what am I talking about? Bring your husband over here. I'll tell you what she's talking about. She's like, I ain't got no husband. He said, you, you, you're right. Because you got five husbands, and the one that you're with is not even yours. God confronts your fears and calls out your weakness, not because he wants to put you down, but he wants to edify you and say, hey, this stuff is not right for you. Let me, let me give you what's right. And he said, if you drink from my water, I promise you, you will never thirst again. You will never be looking at, uh, from people. You will never try to take from people what you need to be taking from me. Because the this, this thing is, sometimes we rather have the things that we need, somebody that we see give to us, like I need love, so I'm going to get somebody to I can feel love. I need somebody to speak to because I feel lonely, so I go to somebody. But when, when God is 24-7 saying, I am here and I am willing, if you come to me, you will no longer have this burden. If you come to me, you will no longer be sick. If you come to me, you will no longer lack of money. But because you've decided to rely on the things that are limited, the things that are finite, the things that die, I'm going to let you do it because at the end of the story, if you keep believing of people, people will let you down people will ever let you down but my god his name is faithful his name is true that it does not matter he doesn't change because of seasons he changes seasons 
Come on, I don't know if you got that, but I need you to write that. My God, it, it doesn't change because of the season. My God changes your season. So in the season that you are right now, and you're praying that you are able to get over it, you need to stop praying. That stop praying for that. You need to start praying for the God who changes the season because my God can flip the script. You can be lonely right now, but he can provide that person that you need. You may be starving for money and you need, but he can change that in the year of abundance. My God is a season changer. And all he's waiting for is for you to come to him. All he's waiting is for you to speak to him. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. John was saying, as your soul prosper, so is everything else will prosper. And I don't know if you don't know what your soul means, because there's a difference between your spirit and your soul. Your soul is who you are. Your emotions, your thoughts. How you think, how you feel, your depressions, all that, it's you, your personality, that's your soul. So what Paul was saying is, I don't, I don't really, I'm not really saying that your spirit be blessed. I'm saying that your soul be blessed. Because some of you are so good at hiding the pain that you're going through. Some of you are hurting still from the things of your past. Some of you are carrying such a heavy burden that you're like, God, I, I, I just can't do this anymore. And what happened is that the enemy tries to put you alone because when you stay alone around people, it's easy for you to be defeated because you get defeated by your own mind. But I'm telling you that when you get my God, my God defeats giants. My God crumbles wall. My God is a God of conquer. My God conquered death. If he can conquer death, what can, like, what can he do? If he is for you, who can be against us there is no angels there is no demon there is no spirit there is no cancer there is no being broke there is nothing that my god can do my god is a god of change my god is a god of seasons changing my god is saying it's the year of abundance and all you need to do is come to me and it comes to my first point i want you to write this first point my first point for you today is titled break me Break me. Break me. If we're talking that prayer, it is the support that we need to live an active, victorious life, then we must check our prayers. You need to check our prayers because our prayers can't be weak. I want you to write that down. Your prayers can't not be a weak prayer. They cannot be safe prayers. They have to be prayers that are bold and they have to be prayers that are courageous enough. Because some of us are very good at praying safe prayers. We pray things like, um, yeah, God, um, I need you to protect my family. That's a, that's a good, nice, that's, that's a good safe prayer. God, protect my family. We also say, God, bless this food. That's a nice, safe prayer. We also say, God, like, God, heal my friend. That's a really good you know, it's not bad. It's a safe prayer. Or, or God, bring revival. That's awesome prayer. That's good. But the thing is that I don't hear pe people saying, Lord, break me. Lord, break me. You're like, what? What are you talking about, Pastor Mike? I'm going to tell you, I was, I was challenged by a pastor. A pastor who wrote a book about prayers that I started to read. And the testimony about this is this young pastor was saying, yo, I was starting a church. 
I was brand new to this church, and I was sitting with this person who was older, who has opened lots of churches before, and I sat down during breakfast, and I sat down before this, this pastor, and I was like, yo, I have the mission, and I have the vision, and we're going to reach soul, and we're going to, we're big, I have the organization, I'm like, I'm excited, I have everything going, like, I, I'm good, and this older pastor looks at him, and he says, I, I have one thing that I'm going to promise you that's going to happen. And the other pastor who wrote the book was like, oh, okay, all right, God is using him now. God is saying, oh, not only are you going to reach uh, your people, but you're going to reach the nation. He was saying, like, God is going to, like, abundance over life. And the older pastor said, I promise you that the Lord is going to break you. And the other pastor was like, wait, what? And so, like, what? Break me? Like, I thought you were about to, like, break the heavens and I, like, rain, but you, you want you want God to break me. He said, I need you. You need to be broken. And that pastor was like, I don't understand. And he said, you will experience blessings of God when you're most broken in your life. And he said he gave this testimony. So every time that he went to his church that he was starting, man, situations out. He said, in the first month that I was in the church, we got kicked out of the building. We couldn't pay for it. And he called the other pastor. I was like, is this it? Is, is God breaking me? And he said, no, that's, this ain't it. Like, you'll know when he breaks you. And then what happens, he started fighting with his wife. He stopped fighting with his kids. He lost his job. And he used to call the pastor. He's like, hey, is this it? Like, God is pushing me. I ain't got no job. We ain't got no building. Like, I'm like, is the Lord breaking me? And he said, listen, don't call me anymore because you, you're going to know when God breaks you. The next day, he says that he got a phone call with a friend that lived outside the state. He was, he was um, working for another uh, uh, church, and he said, yo, I've heard that you're opening a church. I want to go down there. Like, I'm going to bring my family. I'm going to work for you like, for free. Like, I, I believe in what God is doing. So he said that he came down, and he went, and then he met. He, him and the pastor become, like, really close. Like, they were, like, tight together, like, went out to eat, and they spoke, and they were always together. But the thing is that uh, as we, he went along, he realized that he, the, the guy did something. Let me call him Tim. Let me call Timmy. Timmy was doing something really bad. And the pastor caught him. He said, we need to, this is very serious. We, you disrespected not only God, you disrespected my, my, my relationship with you, and we need to talk about it. So they went to the office, and the pastor confronted Timmy. He said, hey, yo, Timmy. Yo, Timmy. Timmy. Timmy, what's going on, Timmy? He said, what's going on, Pastor? He said, I caught you. Like, this is what's going on. And the guy started getting defensive. I said, what, what are you talking about, me? No, I wouldn't do that to you. Like, I, was, like I, I left everything for you. Like, I would never do that. He said, but I have proof. So the guy not only started defensive, started getting offensive. And he started yelling and he started screaming. He started telling the pastor, you're, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't got no vision. He started cursing the pastor at the office to the time that he ran out the, the office, slammed it, got into his car, and just <laughs> drove away. And the pastor was saying, yo, I'm just going to let him cool off because we both said stuff that we shouldn't be saying. And, like, you know, when, we, when we're more, like, calmer, then we're going to come, you know, bring together, and it's easier because it's better for you to, like, not talk when you're heated because you'll say the wrong thing and then those you can't take that back anymore even though the person forgives you you'll he'll still remember what you said 
So he said, let me, let everything cool down, and we come back together. So when that Sunday came in again, the guy didn't come, and he wasn't surprised because he was like, obviously, we, he's still salty about it, and I'm going to call him Monday, so make sure, like, you know, like, it's done. Like, we need to talk about it. So when he went home that night with his wife, he said when he got to his phone, he, it was back in the day. You know what those answering machines, you know what that's called? I don't know if. The young people here know what an answering machine is. But he, he went and he had the light blinking. You know, that's when you know there was a message. Just saying, just, there was no Siri. There was just a blinking light. Um, and he played, when he played that recording, the wife of the husband come in crying saying, he just killed himself. We found him home where he took a gun and he shot himself. At that very moment, the pastor said, that is the point that I knew that God broke me. He completely broke me. Because if I was man enough to stop the fight, if I didn't let my ego and my pride and I had called them earlier in that week, maybe this wouldn't have happened. He said I had to talk to their family, bring them home and tell them what we went through, what happened. And to see the tears of the kids eyes and the, the mother's eyes and now they didn't have a home because they didn't have a provider and they were living with him and they were both crying together he said this is this is breaking me a family is destroyed a life has been gone forever and he stood that sunday before the whole congregation and he was about to deliver a powerful message when he broke down and cried because he's like i can't like this is too much and he began to tell the people what was happening. He said, the devil has been whispering that I'm not a good pastor. I, the devil has been whispering that I'm a, a worse friend, that this is what happened to me. And then, and then what happened is the congregation stood up and began to pray for the pastor. They began to lay hands on him and lift his hand and say, we are here for you. We're coming. The Lord broke him. And at the end of this chapter of the book, the pastor challenged you and said, I, I, want, I want you to pray this prayer. Lord, break me. And after reading that, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do that now. You was crazy. Man, I'm about to do that. No way, no, no way, Jose. Like, no, Lord, do not break me. Do not do that because I am not going to go through that. I am about to lose the building of the church. I am about to lose nothing. Like, it, I am staying. And as I begin to kneel down and pray, I was like, pray for, for the church and everything. <laughs> I, hear my say, I hear myself saying, Lord, break me. And kid you not, I, I was like, oh, what? Mm. What? Because I wasn't, I wasn't, I, I said I wasn't going to do it. And somehow... The words formed in my mouth and slipped that said, Lord, break me. See, the Spirit of God, sometimes we don't know what to pray. But the Spirit of God knows what to pray. And the Spirit of God took over and whispered, just a whisper, I said, Lord, break me. And as soon as those words were released, I was like, brace yourself. Because the Lord will break me. And the next day when I go to work, it, he, broke, he broke me. Not a lot of people know this. But I had my, in my job right now, 
They have decided since last November to eliminate my position as a supervisor. They're no longer going to have supervisors. So they're either they're, they're going to make you a manager or you're going to step down to a regular person, but they're eliminating. So they're going through the process of choosing. It's a long process of choosing thousands of us supervisors to see who's going to get it. And we, we meet regularly with our, our GM, the person who's the highest, who's deciding. And at this point, after I said, Lord, break me, uh, my GM calls me and he said, um, we need to have a conversation. I said, okay. And as I sat there with the GM, the store manager, they looked me in the eye and said, um, we have decided that you don't have the leadership skills to become a manager. So... As of August of this year, it will just become a regular person. And I stepped down and I looked at him like this. What? What? And I got I got real angry because I was like, what are you talking about? I don't have the leadership skills. Do you even know that I'm a pastor of a church and you're talking about I don't, ha I don't have leadership skills? Are you crazy? We just don't see it, so we're just not going to give you the opportunity at all. I'm, I'm just, he said, I want to be frank with you. It's just not going to happen. And in my mind, I said, Lord, you said this was the year of abundance. You said if I believed in you, you were going to open the heavens. And now this is what I'm getting? They're taking my position away? And I was so heated. I was so, you know, those moments that you're so heated, you start to shake. Like, you're just like, you're, I just want to, I just, I just want to punch something right now. But Lord, I am a Christian and I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying. And I go to the bathroom and I, and I lock myself in the bathroom. I start pacing. You know, those moments when you're angry, you just, you just want to pace. Like, you just, I don't know what's going to happen, Lord, but I'm about to swing at an invisible. Like, I'm going to get the devil and just punch him, even if I don't see him. Like, I need to punch something because that's how I felt. And in my mind, all these thoughts were coming. I was like, I had done everything, right? I only, I, I paid my tithes when I didn't have the money. I gave more offering when I didn't have the money. I was faithful to your church. I pray every single time. Like, I do this and I do that. I don't have leadership skills. Why is he saying that? Like, I don't have, like, I'm a pastor of a church, and I've been doing this for 10 years. What are you talking about? I don't have, like, is he high? Like, is he okay? Like, what's wrong with it? And I just started to speak, and the Lord just spoke to me and said, hey, calm down. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve the world and serve me. You can't get the promotion in the world and be famous and yet tell that you're my servant in my church. Either you serve me completely or you serve the other. Which one you want? You can't serve two people. And what I'm doing is I'm separating you. Because what I'm about to do with you and your church, it needs your full attention. You need to calm down. And I said, okay, Lord, and I sat down in the toilet seat. I said, all right, Jesus. All right. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. 1 Corinthians 1.27 says this. Instead, instead, God chose the things that the world considers foolish to shame those who think they are wiser. And he wanted something powerless 
to shame those who are powerful. He spoke that to me. He's saying, Michael, they're telling you that you're not a good leader. But what they're saying that it's a failure, for me, you're a conqueror. And I'm gonna about to use you in some areas that you don't even understand what I'm about to do. Because I am already moving in this church. I'm already trying to do something great for you. And, and you, don't, you can't have your mind in the things of the world. Because what, what does it matter that, that you gain the whole world, but you lose your soul, Michael? I don't want you to lose your soul. I want your soul to prosper. So in order for for your soul to prosper, I need to take away the things that distract you. Come on, some of us need to ask God, God, take away from me the things that distract me because then I can grow spiritually. Then again, I can see what the abundance is in my life. And they spoke to me. He said, you can't serve two masters. You can't do that. I'm not going to open that door to you. So this takes me to my second point. Write this down. I'm almost done. Second point is called failing at life. Failing at life. And I put this point because, listen, I was so focused on the promotion. I was so focused on God promoting me and the money and the status because I, I, was, I was picturing myself. I said to myself, I tried to convince myself. I said, God, if I get this promotion, it means more money. It means that I can tithe more. It means I can bring money to more. for the, Like, I'm going to bless you. Like, I was so focused on that, saying it's the year of abundance. Like, it, it, I, it, this is good for me. The problem is, guys, that the world and God have very different definition of what success is. It's too different. Because the world thinks that success is measured by the things that you owned. I want to write you, I want you to write that down. The world thinks that success is measured by the things you own. And if that is true, if success is measured by the things that we own, then Jesus failed at life. I'm going to repeat that again. If success is measured by the things that you own, then Jesus failed at life. Because Jesus being a king in heaven in the world, he made himself nothing. He owned nothing. He was a carpenter. He didn't own absolutely anything. So if the world is saying that the more you have, the more successful you are, then Jesus was a failure at that. People believe if you're not married with kids by a certain age, or you're in a relationship, that you have failed that life. And if that is true, then Jesus is also a failure at that. Because he wasn't married and he wasn't in a relationship. And sometimes we fall into that. We believe that when a Christian get a promotion or get a car, we're like, yo, God must be with you, bro. Like he must be blessing you. Like you're, yeah. We fall into that trap that we think that because of the things that we own, we are successful. Because victory to the world is things when you're ascending in status. The higher you get, the better you are. 
It's not ascending, but it's declining. And I'm trying to tell you that God doesn't work like this. He works opposite to what the world is. I want you to imagine this. When Jesus was at the cross dying for your sins, all the disciples who were with him for three years looked at the cross and said, we have failed. He said he was the Messiah. A Messiah can't die. He said he was going to bring the kingdom, but now he's dead. The cross is a failure. He failed at what he said he was going to do. But Jesus, with a kingdom mindset, he didn't see the cross as a failure. He saw it as a victory. Because he saw that through that cross, many will be saved. He saw that through that cross, that the relationship between a God and the lost world will be reconnected again. He saw that he was bringing to earth the kingdom of God. The unseen was affecting the seen in a picture of a failure. Of a picture when everybody thought that was brokenness. But they were wrong. The cross wasn't the end. The third Sunday you saw victory. The third Sunday he rose. Oh, I love this. Because before when the disciples saw they, this, this is done, he went to the disciples and he saw, look at my hand. Look at my pierced hand. You thought this was the end? You thought this was a failure? But I am glorified. But I have come to accomplish. It's because you didn't understand what my father was doing. That instead of a failure, you thought it was done. The start of the church was not the day of Pentecost. The start of a church was in a cross. Was when my God gave his life for yours. My God gave his life for those who thought they were failures. For those who people that said that you're nothing, that you'll never become nothing, that you're dumb, that you're undecided, that you're hurt. For those people, my God, those are the ones that I want because I will shame the world because they think that they were a failure. I will make them more conquerors, not even conquerors. When I come in my kingdom, they will reign with me and everybody will see that those who were despised are going to wear a crown of victory. Their clothes will be changed. Their face will will be changed. There will be more stronger. There will be no pain. There will be no crying. It's because in that moment of failure, what they saw was failure. There was power in the name of Jesus. There was power at the cross and the world was changed. So many people to this day say that your Jesus, your God died on the cross. No, he didn't die. He transformed into something better because God, come on, because God takes God takes the dead, the unwanted, and transforms it to something useful and great. My God is a transformer. My God is a change of season, God. My God is a God who changes cycle. And he uses the things that the world thinks is impossible to make the impossible real in our lives. And I pray to my God in that moment of, of anger, 
I said, Lord, break me. I said, Lord, let, let them see you through me, God. Let them see you through me. And what I'm saying is, God, not my will, but your will. God, I don't want to do the things that I want to do, but I want to do the things that you want me to do. Lord, break me. These appearance in the outside break who I am so they can see you through me, God. I want the church to see when they see me. I don't want them to see this, this, this man, these young people that people start, oh, he's too young. He doesn't know what he's doing. That's what I've been told. You know how many times I went to pastors for advice and they say, you don't, you're not worthy to be a pastor. You'll never become a pastor. Your church will never grow. You will never have a church. And I said, God, what the world thinks is foolish for you. It is the impossible made in your name. I will conquer in your name and they will see that there is a God that changes everything. They're going to see that those who are despised are the ones that you use the most. Lord, break me. Break me. Break my ego. Break my pride. Break my will, break my dreams, break me to the point that I know that I am at the end of the rope and I can't no more. Because when I am at the end of my wits, that's where you begin to flourish in my life. When I have no way out, that's when you say, well, there was no way, there is a way. When you thought that you were at the end of yourself and said, Biggie, Lord, break me. Would you stand in this moment and start praying? Come on, stand up, wherever you are, stand up. And close your eyes and begin to say, Lord, break me. Lord, will you break me today? I challenge you to do that prayer. The same prayer that I was challenged to. I want you to say it. And as we start to worship and as we start to, to get into the presence of God, I want you to begin to, to meditate on that. I want you to begin to understand what it means to say, Lord, break me. Lord, break me. Lord, break me on my will. Lord, break me on what I want. Lord, break me. Let them see you through me, Jesus. Let not that see this person who's a nobody who smoked all the time, who's saying stupid stuff all the time, the person that couldn't hold the job, that person that all that was always fighting at school, the failure that got suspended all the time, the the one that people say that was a nobody. Lord, break me so they can see you through me. Lord, break me so I can see compassion because only in brokenness will you be able to show mercies to others. Only in brokenness can you truly begin to love. Only when you have suffered and you let God heal you can you proclaim healing upon those. Only when you were hopeless and you begin to say, there is no hope, and God shows you hope, then you can say there is a hope in Jesus. When in your darkest moment, in the bottom of your depression, in the darkest part in your room, when you're crying and saying, I can't hold this anymore, and you cry out to the name of Jesus, 
and you feel this overwhelming peace that says, I have never left you or forsaken you. Here I am, child. Only when you kneel down in prayer and say, God, I've tried to do this on my own. But God, let your will be done. Because you're calling God. You chose me out of the millions. You chose me, God. You looked upon me, God. I need you to come on. Come on. I need you to let go of worrying about how much money you're making, how many bills you got to pay. Because when you let go, then you let God. When you let go, then you start seeing God providing. It is the moment when you say, Lord, break me. I'm tired of worrying all the time. I'm tired of trying to do my best. Lord, break me. Let them see you through me. Let your will be done. Take control of my life. Take control of it all, Jesus. I surrender it all. If that's you today, if that is you, if you're going to be bold enough to say, Lord, break me, I want you to just be bold enough to come up to the altar. Come up here in step of faith and with your eyes closed, begin to pray and say, God, Lord, break me, Jesus. Lord, break me. Let me be used by you, God. Let me not be seen, but let you be seen. Come on, it's time to go deeper into God. Don't hold back. And that's what I'm, I'm trying to show you. I don't want you to hold back. I want you to understand. Lord, break me. 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 Take away the things that distract me. Change my mouth, Lord. I feel it. Change my mouth, God. Change the way I speak. Change the way I think, God. Transform my mind. Come on, can you feel speaking to him? Lo puedes sentir. Dile a Dios, Dios, rompeme carácter. Rompeme a mí como vasija, Señor. Rompeme y moldeame en lo cual tú quieres, Señor. En el molde que tú quieras, Señor. Rompeme, Señor. Me he puesto tantas máscaras. Me he puesto contenta cuando estoy.